looking beard There's nothing like a man with a good looking beard Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Behind the Beard WNC My name is Patrick Pohl, I am joined by Lewis and Mike Anderson This is a podcast where a group of friends gather to talk about whatever amuses us And normally we talk about local sports, activities, events, and whatever pops into our head the idea is uh, entertainment for us, and we hope you're as entertained as well. Often the conversation will devolve into outright mockery sessions, and you can join in the fun by finding us on Facebook and Instagram at Behind the Beard WNC. Also, you can email us at Behind the Beard WNC at gmail.com. Put questions on topics up there, and we'll bat them around to the best of our ability. Lewis, episode three featured Carson Rogers of Anka Baseball, and I heard we doubled our listeners from four to eight. Now, is that true, or did we just listen twice? Well, we almost did double our listeners, but it was a little bit more than four and eight. Was it? I know that's as high as you can count coming from Kentucky and well, all that, you know. but yeah, yes, we did. I think we had uh, 185 listeners. Holy cow. That's awesome. Yeah, very good time. Probably because of the... the how famous Carson is has nothing to do with us. Let's really? not forget Carson's last name is Jones, uh, not Rogers. Oh, what did I say? Rogers? I'm sorry. Carson Jones. My fault. I don't know where I got Rogers from. Our number one listener, and uh, you're calling him by the wrong name. Wow. Agony. Well, I mean, that's just like Pat reading off basketball names. He couldn't get a single one right ever. Oh. Makes my head hurt. Yes. But I thought new eyeballs would fix that, but apparently not. No. The cheese is still off the cracker. Indeed. So uh, our special guest today, as we mentioned, is going to be Christ School head football coach, Chad Walker. Coach Walker, welcome. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me on. So, uh, Pat, I think you have, a, you have a question for Coach. Very important question for you, Coach. Now, this is serious business. Coach, what was the defining musical album of your high school career? Uh, would have been Oasis. What's the story, Morning Glory? Oasis? What's the st- Have you all ever heard of that one? No. Yes, absolutely. Have you really? Yes. So, so what year did you graduate? Well, I ended up graduating high school in 2002. So. Oh, so I was 04, but I do not know Oasis. Yeah. Where did you graduate from? So Cedar Cliff High School in Pennsylvania. Okay. So. Maybe that maybe that was the deal. You think it's a geographic thing? I think it's so. <laughs> oh. Part of the British invasion. <laughs> Indeed. So so welcome, Coach. So tell us tell us a little about you know your coaching career. How how'd you get to Christ School? Where you been? What you been doing? Yeah, um, I, I think my coaching career really started as a, as a little kid. I mean, my uncle was a longtime high school football coach in, in the state of Pennsylvania, uh, where I grew up. Um, you know, he coached about an hour hour away from us, and you know, I remember going to a lot of a lot of football games as a kid, being on the sidelines at all star games, different things like that. And then my local high school, we had a legendary head coach, uh, Bob Craig, who's in the Hall of Fame, high school football Hall of Fame, uh, Pennsylvania Hall of Fame. Um, so it kind of started out early. It was something I always thought that I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, as I went through high school and played in college, um, went and played a little bit after college, got hurt. And when I got hurt in 2008, I uh, decided I wanted to get into coaching and ended up at Randolph-Macon College in Virginia. Division three program is where I started uh, coaching defensive line, uh, which, you know, as a quarterback in high school that converted to a tight end and you know, my first coaching job was defensive line, so you know, figure figure that one out. So I had a lot of learning in that first you know that first year. Um, you know, and then from there went back to uh, my alma mater, Lafayette College. Was there for three years, uh, initially coaching the tight ends and working with special teams. Uh, got promoted to outside linebackers and, and special teams, 
and then uh, became the head coach at Britchin Academy in, in Maine, which was an all-boys postgraduate school, uh, a lot like a JUCO. It was my first head coaching job. I had just turned 28 years old. Uh, it was uh, kind of fire by trial, you know, with that stuff. And, uh, you know, we did a, uh, we had a lot of, um, you know, kids get placed into, into colleges, that sort of thing, but they were only there for one year. And then uh, that took me to Pace University in New York as the offensive coordinator and, and quarterbacks coach with Division II program and, and a turnaround program. Uh, from there, uh, you know, my wife uh, got a really good job opportunity. She helped start a company. Uh, they wanted her to move to Florida. And at that point, uh, coming off of a, a tough year, um, you know, I sat down with our head coach, who's a good friend of mine, and said, hey, you know, we have this opportunity to move to Florida. He encouraged me to do it. So, you know, we ended up moving to Florida. I didn't have a plan. And I was involved with a uh, uh, with uh, the non a nonprofit organization, Lawrence First and Goal, uh, who raises money for pediatric brain spinal tumor research. And we always did that through uh, one-day prospect football camps. It used to be at Lafayette College. Uh, and then we had one at, at USF down in South Florida. And from the years doing that, uh, I met a, met a coach at the time was a Kentucky Christian. James Harrell was a longtime then high school coach in Tampa, Florida. So I got connected with him when I went down there. Uh, he connected me with Yo Murphy, um, who Yo Murphy uh, was an Idaho graduate, played uh, in the NFL, CFL, XFL, um, and ran a sports facility in Tampa Bay. Uh, so I went over there. They had some stuff for the NFL Combine going on. I was going to help out with the running backs that day because they thought their running backs coach was going to be away. He, uh, he showed up, right? <laughs> but the quarterback coach didn't, oh. you know, and uh, Yo came over and said, hey, do you know anything about quarterbacks? I said, well, that's what I've been coaching the last seven years. And uh, so I started working with the quarterbacks, you know, prepping them for the NFL combine and, uh, and training. Ended up spiraling into a full-time job within that facility. I was the director of football operations dealing with agents, recruiting uh, college prospects to train with us, uh, and then working with NFL vets and, and that sort of thing. And then I became the director of operations. And now that uh, uh, when, when I left in uh, 2019, when, when I stopped working with Yo and, and focused more on coaching in the, in the high school side of things right before the pandemic hit, uh, that has now spiraled into the House of Athlete, which is a pretty popular, you know, popular piece there. And uh, um, I got a call about, about this position from a friend and, uh, you know, kind of followed through and reached out to the athletic director, Eric Thorpe at the time, and they'd already gone through the process. Uh, so I was kind of the last guy and, uh, interviewed over the phone the next day. They wanted me to do a zoom with three people. And then that, I think it was that Sunday night or Monday, I flew up here and a couple of days later I was offered the job and, you know, we moved from Tampa to Asheville. Tampa to Asheville. Well, Florida weather definitely better than uh, the up north weather had to be. Oh, I mean, in the wintertime, you know, in the sure. wintertime, yeah. yeah, in the wintertime. So, Coach, you, you struck a chord with my nostalgic memory. I was the product of Western Albemarle High School in Crozet, Virginia, in the class of 1988. Mm -hmm. So, you said Randolph Macon. Yes, sir. A number of my classmates uh, attended Randolph Macon. Good school. Oh, it was awesome. Awesome place. So, did I see that you played football overseas? I did, yeah. Um, so, was it actually soccer? No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. <laughs> you know, the best, I've, I've got a great story about that. So when I went to Sweden, um, you know, I land in, in the airport in Stockholm. I've got two big suitcases, and I, and I go through, and, um, you know, customs stops me, and they say, what are, you know, what are you doing with all these bags? 
I said, well, I'm here to play, you know, play football. <laughs> oh, you're playing football. Who are you playing for? And I said, well, I'm playing up in, in Carlstad. Oh, you're playing in Carlstad. Customs were coming out. They were, I was taking pictures with people and everything else. <laughs> right? They, they let me through customs. I ended up, you know, getting on a, you know, small plane. They're starting the propeller with the, you know, with their hand. Oh. And we fly from Stockholm to Carlstad. And, and the GM of the Carlstad Crusaders, uh, Rickard Borg, picks me up and, you know, He's like, you know, welcome. And I'm like, man, everybody here is so nice. Like I said, I'm playing football up in Carlstad. They're coming out taking pictures and everything else. He goes, you, you idiot. He goes, they think you're playing for the Carlstad United, the soccer team. <laughs> 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 so that was my first taste of, oh, I should have said American football. So, so you do have to call it American football, I guess. Absolutely. Yep. Wow. Well, it could have fit on an episode of Ted Lasso. Yeah. <laughs> Ted Lasso. That's awesome. That's a funny show. So, uh. What keeps you at Christ School now that you're here? I mean, I think it's a relationship with the kids, you know, and the stuff that, um, you know, I think for for me, you know, my wife uh, is originally from Eastern Tennessee, uh, so we do have some family, you know, close by. Uh, we love it here in this area. I mean, we've always saw North Carolina as a place we wanted to settle down. My wife used to live in Charlotte. We'd actually, when we first met, she had moved to Charlotte. Um so we've always liked, you know, North Carolina, we always kind of thought this could be a place that, that we settled down. And uh, I've had opportunities, you know, and opportunities come. And, you know, as I tell our, our coaches all the time, you know, I want guys to be open and honest and, and have conversations because you can always say no. Um, but it's a beautiful place. I love the school. You know, we have a lot of administration, you know, support. They're buying into, into the vision that we have for our program. Uh, what we're trying to do it's not always perfect you know but nothing in in life is and you know as uh somebody said before the grass isn't always greener on the other side it just may be mowed at that time you know and it's uh you know something that kind of struck a chord with me um but you know we enjoy it here and uh you know love the guys that we get to coach day in and day out and build the relationships that we get to, to build so the question is burning on a lot of our audience how does it feel to get the best athletes out of every school in Buncombe County. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, and I think it's, you know, I think it's funny, but I also think there's a, there's a misconception of it all too, that, you know, a lot of schools think that, you know, we're out there recruiting, you know, recruiting their kids and that gets thrown around a lot. And that was thrown around before I, you know, even got here. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and accusations and things like that. And, um, you know, for me to set the record straight, we've never made first contact with a kid, you know, and, and we won't, you know, if, if our staff is doing that, then, you know, I, I really don't want guys, you know, on our staff doing that. Now, we can't control what our kids do and, and what, you know, when parents get talking, that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, when parents reach out to us, you know, and make that first contact, you know, I typically put them, hey, you know, thanks for making contact with us. If you are really interested, here's our director of admissions, you know, fill out this inquiry form, go through the process. Um, you know, and it's, it's funny. There's a lot of great athletes in Buncombe County. I wish we, we could get them all, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of great athletes there, but you know, with us being a boarding school, there's a lot of great athletes everywhere in the country, you know, that are starting to come here and, and everything else and starting to reach out about, you know, our program and our school. So, so when you talk about, uh, your coaches doesn't come to games, doesn't make an offhand recruitment, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking about the football program. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's, yes. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure, that do, and if other coaches are, are doing that sort of thing, then, you know, that's definitely, uh, 
you know, something in our athletic department that we would have to be, be aware of. Yeah. So a follow-up question about the kids. So all the kids you get, they make first contact here. And that's how that, that's how you get to Christ school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, yeah. If, if they reach out and, and make first contact. Yep. So tell us about your coaching staff. We just watched a practice mm-hmm. out here. Yep. Looks like you had some new faces out there. Yeah. Um, so our defensive coordinator, George Johnson, George coached with me in uh, Tampa, Florida. Um, you know, George, in fact, I got to know him, you know, when I was helping out that, uh, I talked about, uh, you know, performance compound. Um, you know, George was still playing in the NFL, was uh, with the Saints still at that time. Uh, he was a nine-year NFL vet, and George, uh, once he retired, started coaching with me in Florida high school, and uh, when I was able to come up here, and, and we were able to get him a job and, and get him up here. So George Johnson's our defensive coordinator. Uh, he does a phenomenal job, you know, with our guys. Right now we let him kind of free range at the positions he wants to coach. Uh, our defensive line coach, Antonio Brito, wasn't here today. He was running a marathon in Chicago. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, George kind of can fill in, take the defensive, you know, line at that point. Uh, our linebackers coach, Pat Dan, still was new to us uh, last year. Um, Pat came from uh, uh, the Illinois area, Illinois area, Chicago. Um, he was an All-American linebacker at Wheaton College, a uh, Division three program. Um, he's a phenomenal teacher. He's a phenomenal person. Him and his wife, uh, Anna, just uh, uh, brought their first baby into the, into the world uh, two weeks ago. So he's, uh, this was the first practice he was back at, you know, uh, since probably, I think, practice three. You know, wow. So it was great having him back out on the field. Um, in our secondary, Alex Gray. Um, Alex joined us just this spring. Um, Alex played his football at Appalachian State, um, played in 2017 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then um, from the Bucks he went to uh, Canada, was in Edmonton for two years, and he's actually the manager uh, here at one of the enterprises in, the, in town, <laughs> and um, so he's a community coach for us and does a, does a phenomenal job. And uh, Scott Perrone is one of our uh, – is, is, uh, one of our uh, players' dads. You know, Scott's been involved in the program before I got here. Um, Scott's really our director of player personnel. Uh, we don't like to have a coach oversee their, you know, oversee their son. Um, you know, it's just not, sure. not not what I like to like to play. Um, now, with that being said, Mike Freeman has been helping us out as an assistant offensive line coach right now. Um, you know, until we find a permanent, you know, permanent guy there, we just. Uh, you know, lost our offensive coordinator, um, you know, to the Baylor School in Tennessee, which is a really good program out in Tennessee. Um, however, you know, had a coach here today, um, kind of watching watching practice that we've sat down and, and interviewed and stuff. Who's got multiple years of college experience and, uh, you know, actually a, a PhD in sports psychology and those things. Uh, looking to come aboard potentially as our wide receivers coach and assistant head coach, and um, you know, working in. in you know, some of that role with the, with the offense and stuff. And, uh, we've talked to two or three other coaches here recently too, just about some transition and filling in those gaps that we need. I mean, that's a pretty impressive list. You got former NFL players, former college guys. I mean, how do you get all those guys to LA here in lower Arden? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, you know, again, we, we, we've got a special niche as a school, you know, being an all boys school, private school, boarding school. Um, you know, it's a lot like, uh, way we run our program like a like a college program and it really excites i think the coaches and and they see some of the athletes that that they're working with you know guys here from western carolina from the eastern part of the state from 
South Carolina, Georgia. We got guys from Virginia, New York, Florida, Texas, um, Canada. You know, we got guys from all over. And, uh, you know, so the opportunity to coach those guys and I think just uh, the opportunity to build relationships and be in this type of environment, um, they get really excited about that. So your non-conference games. Yes. How difficult is it for you to fill those? Uh, you know, with the support of our program right now um, in our administration, it's not as difficult. Now, when I say when I say that, you know, if it comes to finding a local game, we can't find a local team outside of Asheville School. Why is that? Part of it's a reclassification piece. Um, you know, so when you come to Christ School, and that's what I think attracts a lot of the student athletes from Buncombe County and a lot of student athletes from everywhere is. The NCISAA allows reclassification. So if you don't turn 19 before your se- or before August 1st of your senior year, you can reclassify. So you can basically drop down a grade. Um, so so you said 19. Is that 19 when you graduate, like the last day or, or the beginning? The beginning. So August 1st, if you turn 19 before your senior season, you cannot play. So August 1st, entering your senior season. So my youngest son... He's one of those ones of July birthday. Yep. He could reclass twice. Well, you, you can't reclass twice. You can only reclass one time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just one time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At least at the high school level. Now, if you held him back, I guess in seventh grade or eighth grade and, you know, cause we actually do have a young man. Um, he's been with us since eighth grade and he's a, he's an incredible story. Dawson Thompson started uh, nine games for us this year at right tackle. Dawson came here. He was about five, seven, 145 pounds. Okay, I just said he started nine games at offensive tackle for us last year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right now, he's 6'6", 240 pounds. Talk okay. about a growth spurt. Absolutely. Yeah, and and so he would have been set to graduate in 2024, but he's able to reclass because he would have graduated just turning 17 and going off, to, going off to high school. So for a young man like that, he's now being recruited by Power 5 programs because he's only a sophomore. You know, rather than him going into his senior year, he's only going into his junior year now. And, you know, so I think that's a big, you know, big part of it, too, is, you know, when you're playing, especially high school football, there is a big transformation between those guys that are turning 18 or turning 19 into their, you know, into their high school season. So that's been, from my understanding, a lot of the reasons why. Now, Polk County, Coach Ollis, he wanted to play us because he knew, you know, we had a good program and, it would prepare him for maybe the speed and stuff they would see in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I loved when Bruce reached out and wanted to play because finding a local game like that less than an hour away was, was awesome. Now, now, do you actively reach out to every Buncombe County school maybe every year? I've tried. You know, I've tried. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked to uh, – I talked to Court, you know, over at Asheville High. And, you know, part and, – and it makes a lot of sense. You know, Quill being here as a reclass, you know, they, they want to play this year. They're actually playing Providence Day. I was going to, um, is that frustrating that uh, Reynolds plays Raven Gap, who's in the conference, and Asheville plays Providence Day, but they, they don't want to play Christ School? It, it is. I mean, it's a little frustrating, but, you know, again, I think, you know, we've got to build those relationships, and that's what I'm trying to do is, and, and, I, and I hope these coaches know, too, you know, there's, again, however they feel is one thing, but you know, our doors are always open. I mean, we invite, uh, you know, we just hosted the national preps thing here, um, you know, back in uh April, uh, the end of April, which, you know, is best players from Western North Carolina, uh, and parts of South Carolina and stuff like that. And we had about 35 kids here that are all projected division one prospects. And we asked a lot of, you know, the coaches and I, and I shot direct 
you know, messages to the coaches as well. Hey, you know, Jeff Mullins from National Preps wants this young man here. Would love for you or your staff to, to come over. You're always more than welcome. And some coaches took us up on that and came over and, you know, and spent some time here. And, you know, I wanted, I want them to understand, like, you know, we want to be, we want to be good neighbors. You know, we want to, you know, we want to help each other out. And I think, you know, for us in Asheville school, there's been a rivalry there and Sean and I have built a pretty good, pretty good relationship. And, you know, it's nothing to sit in here with a college coach and say, Hey, you know, there's a really good player over at Asheville school. Do you know about this kid? Because if not, you need to go over and see him. And I think like, that's part of it too, is, you know, if we're able to play against other schools, I mean, the list of schools that come through here recruiting on the recruiting trail, we can help guys out. You know, it's a lot easier for us to say if they ask us about a kid, oh, yeah, he, you know, coach, he's a really good player. You need to go over and see him or, oh, I, I don't know, coach, maybe not at, not at your level. But with us not being able to play against the kid, you know, certain kids and being able to see him, we can't really help in, in that sense, too. So uh, not going here, yeah. a lot of the draw to go here. Is, is you've created this pipeline with a lot of colleges. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of your counterparts in the in the community or in the the county schools are not doing that. What what do you do on like a yearly basis to mm-hmm. separate you? Yeah, I mean I and I think part of it too is is my background in college. And like I said, so the Lawrence First and Goal organization when we did that, to give you just kind of an idea of what Lawrence First and Goal was is we were the mega camp before mega camps existed. And we never took a dime of the, of the money for ourselves. That money went directly to our, our nonprofit where the money went to brain and, and spinal tumor research, pediatric brain, spinal tumor research, cancer services, helping families out with cancer. Our last camp before COVID hit, we had over 2,000 high school kids and 400 volunteer college coaches. Wow. Once COVID hit and they shut down camps and things like that, we had to get creative. So we started an online coaches clinic. So every year I'm calling, I'm helping out John Luce, who's the associate head coach at Army, you know, and uh, Keith Grabowski, who runs CoachTube. We're calling all these coaches and finding, you know, speakers that are NFL guys, CFL guys, you know, college football coaches to speak at these clinics. So building relationships and continuing to build those relationships. And as the year goes on, I mean, I, you know, I could show you recruiting lists and stuff that we do with our kids. We're sending out film. I think it's constant communication with coaches, reaching out to these guys and being honest. You know, I think at the end of the day, if we have a kid, you know, we have a young man right now who's an awesome player. And, I, and I've told coaches before, if if he figured it out, he'd already have ACC offers, right? But he's got some issues in maturity wise. And he's not a bad kid, but just, you know, some streaks of laziness and things like that. They say, you know, I just don't think he's at that level. He's more at this level right now because of that attitude. And, and, and be honest with them on the red flags of kids and, and different things because the honesty keeps the coaches coming back, right? And and I think it's just building those relationships and talking to those coaches and reaching out. And the thing is, like, I'll have guys in, come in here all the time. Coach, do you know so-and-so at, at this school or do you know anybody at this school? I don't. But you know what? I'll pull, pull up the staff directory. I'll look. I'm going to try to get in touch with somebody. I'll follow them on Twitter. I'll, I'll – you know, what, what do the kids call it right now? I'll get in their, their DMs. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. I, you know, I'll get in their DMs. I'll send them messages and, you know, and I'll, and I'll do whatever I need to to help our kids out if, you know, if they want to go play football in college. And, and that's the thing, like, is educating the parents, too, because I think for, for us it's big to educate them. It's not just about big Division One football. You know, for a lot of families there's Division Two, there's Division Three, there's NAIA. And what some folks don't understand is, like, Division Three football – 
they think it's bad football. It's not. You know, I coached at Randolph Macon College, and and I can tell you, I've been at, at high schools where you know, I've had kids think that they're Division One players, and they wouldn't they wouldn't touch the field in, in three years at a Division Three college, right? I mean, there's really good football programs out there, and there's a place for everyone. And and with Division Three, especially with financial aid and need based packages, you know, we've got some kids that are going to these schools for free. Right. Just like a division one scholarship because their families may not be able to afford college or, you know, may not be able to afford much. And uh, there's a lot of things out there for, you know, for kids. So I think we we kind of have this, you know, we have the blinders on sometimes speaking of blinders, Kentucky, Kentucky Derby's today. But, you know, you got the you got those blinders on and, and you're just so focused on one thing, one thing, one thing. And it's you know, there's so much out there for guys. So I think, you know, casting that wide net and helping the kids out and really educating parents and, and the student athletes and everything where they should be in the process. So, so it's my understanding like day one, when a kid comes here, you hand them this sheet that's like, Hey, here's the steps you need to take. You need to start getting video all sending it out to the, start following these people on Twitter. No. When, so when somebody comes in, like I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'm a transparent person. Right. And I, you know, Michael, Michael tell you this since, since Luke's joined our, our program, you know, from a, uh, parents perspective in our parents meeting first thing i say is you're either going to love me or you hate me there's no in between right and part of it is i'm completely honest with you regardless of of what it is and i'm completely honest with the kids it's kind of you know my wife says it's it's my flaw right by default right because not a lot of people like truth as a parent i appreciate the truth absolutely <laughs> and uh so i'm pretty transparent so when somebody comes in to, to visit we'll have you know of a young man sitting where where mike is right now and they'll say coach i want to go to georgia he said yeah and so does everybody else (laughs) right or i want to go to unc i want to go to ncc i want to go app state you know what so do so do the eight thousand one hundred and forty four kids are in the transfer portal right now because that was the number last week right okay amongst the other high school kids that want to play want to play sports and it's our job as as the adults to be truth truthful to the parents and truthful to the kids and, and then stop them there and say you can't right now just think because you're going to come here you're going to end up at alabama like Caden jones that's that's not how it works you can't compare your journey to somebody else's especially when it comes to recruiting and part of it ends up being is is saying okay you're a freshman this year this is what i need you to focus on right if you want to play college at the next level this is what you need to focus on as a sophomore this is what you need to focus on your junior year here it is senior year you know, and start to dwindle down different things. So we try to educate them step-by-step step on where they should be entering the NCAA, you know, NCAA clearinghouse, you know, do I need to do the NCAA clearinghouse? Well, you're probably a projected division three football player. You don't need that, right? You don't need to pay the $75 to, to register, um, you know, and really try to just educate them step-by-step, step. but truth and, and transparency right away when they're trying to come in here. Cause I'll have kids sit here and say, He's going to reclass because he thinks he's going to be a power five kid and he's five, six, 170 pounds <laughs> as a junior. Hey, you know, I hate to break it to you. Reclassing is not going to change your tra- trajectory, you know, because if you're good enough, they're going to find you. Whether you're here or you're somebody is somewhere else. Right. It, Christ school is not the end all be all. I mean, it's a great place to be. We feel like we're going to get guys prepared for college. But there's some really darn good football players at Reynolds, at Asheville High, at Asheville School, at Owen, at Irwin. I mean, they're they're out there, right? And, you know, for us, you know, 
there are certain guys though when they take that you know that year like Khalil Conley is a perfect example you know and and um, you know when he reclassed he was able to come here and he was in a situation where he could play a different position it was nothing against you know if if I was Asheville High would have had my best athlete quarter you know quarterback too wasn't a projected quarterback right a lot of guys wanted to see him as a DB, a wide receiver, and that was a conversation I had had with Khalil and, and his family when they first reached out about coming over here. It was like, look, we've got a really good quarterback. Like he can compete for that spot. I don't see him as a quarterback at the next level. This is where I where I see him at, you know. And I was very truthful and transparent. And you know, at the end of the day, the parents have to make the decision if it's right for their right for their son or not, um, you know. But for a young man like that, he went from having an Army and a William and Mary offer to multiple ACCs and some SEC offers. He's committed to North Carolina now, and his phone's still blowing up from schools, you know, trying to get him to come, hey, come look at us now, you know. And so part of the reclassification stuff can help too. So, But I think it's all about being transparent and truthful right out of the gate. That's got to make it easier down the road. Yeah, and you brought up the Division three. I played Division three football, and I agree with you. It's, a, it's an amazing experience at, at that level, and um, – I, everybody has a place in football, and that's a great – you see some great football at that level. You brought up something, though, about <clears throat> them being able to find the kids, right? And I've got a junior uh, right now at, at Reynolds who's doing the college recruiting thing right now. And, uh, you know, we've done our due diligence. He's done his film. And, um, you know, we, we're working our end of it so much. And that's really all we were targeting were Division two and Division three programs. And out of nowhere – He's gotten some interest from, you know, JMU and, you know, some of these Division One AA programs and that sort of thing. And I'm just baffled. How? I mean, how do they – do you have any idea how they figure this out or how they're finding them? Or what, what's, the, what's the story there? Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of these lists out there now and recruiting services and, and different things. And what, what I will say on the air and, and, you know, I hope you guys, you know, let this, you know, let this go out there. Never pay for a recruiting service, right? If you have to pay for something, right, outside of a prospect camp or anything like that, never do it, right? Because there's recruiting services out there that reach out to the high school coaches. They reach out to, to all the people, and they ask you for your college prospects, right? And you'll, you know, you'll write down the list of guys you have that are college prospects. What I do every year is I always tell the guys, if you want to play college football, you need to come talk to me, right, so I know, so... If I think you're a college prospect, I can put you on this list and, you know, I can be honest because I put notes on there and everything else. But these these services will reach out that, you know, like the national preps thing we hosted here is free to, to the kids. Right. But, but what it is it what it is, it's a validating service for college coaches. So the measurables, the height, the weight, the wingspan, right, the 40 time. And then they film every drill. Right. And they do certain drills and they make these lockers and that goes when he hits send, when Jeff would hit send, that thing goes out to 300, 400 colleges that all have access to this because they pay, the colleges pay them, right? So these recruiting services will reach out to you and say, coach, what are your list? It's a free service for your kids. Can you fill out this questionnaire? So you take time to do that, right? You take time to fill out the questionnaire. You take time to fill those things out. So that stuff gets funneled out to colleges. Now, a place like James Madison, when they made that ch- jump to a group of five program, now you start adding in your recruiting department, you know, all these different things. I mean, you have people that are solely paid just to watch every single player that's out there and evaluate them and, 
they like them, pass them on. If they don't, right, check them off the list. You know, so he might have some some things on film that really pop to to a college where, and again, I always tell guys, like, you have to remember it's a college system. Somebody may fit the system, somebody may not. And it's not based off your skill all the times. It might be based off projection, right? I mean, we used to take, I, I can tell you a story when I was at Pace University, right? We took seven quarterbacks in one year. Wow. Now, those quarterbacks, I also had the conversation with them, like, yeah, if you want to come in and start out a quarterback, you can. You're probably not going to be a quarterback in college. <laughs> but you're 6'3", 235 pounds right now. You may grow into a tight end. We had a kid, <laughs> played quarterback, grew into a tight end, became an offensive tackle by the time he was a senior, right? I trained Titus Howard down in, in Tampa. Titus was a first-round draft pick, offensive tackle with the Houston Texans. Titus went into Alabama State as a quarterback. As a sophomore, he was a tight end. As a junior, he moved to offensive tackle. He became a number one draft pick. Wow. Right? So, so part of it is, too, is, you know, can these guys develop as players? You know, and the other thing I would say, you know, Pat, to you as a, as a parent, is always allow your kids to play multiple sports, too. Right? If a coach wants them to focus on one sport, you're in a bad program. Right? And, Agreed. And, yeah. and, the, and the reason I say that is as a on the other side of things, as a college coach, when you're doing the recruiting process, you want to see multiple attributes, right? If a kid's playing multiple sports, he's got a higher ceiling, right? Because he's never focused solely on that one sport, right? If he just focuses on football, he better be a dude because his ceiling's almost already there, right? How much better is he going to get? Now, he may grow. He might get bigger, faster, stronger, that sort of thing. But, you know, really – and I'm, I'm stuck in that thing, too. Quarterbacks, can they focus just solely on football? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a different craft and a different thing. There's so many things out there now. You could, but, you know, I'd still rather have a guy that wants to compete in track and field or wants to compete in basketball or compete in a different sport, you know, season baseball, whatever it may be, you know, and really focus on those things. So, I mean, I think that's part of it, too, is, you know, is understanding that side of things. But there's a – as a parent, never pay for a recruiting service. That's good counsel. How many colleges you have hit through here in a year? Do you any idea? So last year we had 127. That, that's it. So yeah, I'm only kidding. Well, the, only, the, the only reason I know that is because all these coaches in the area, every day somebody comes in, they put out on, on their social media. Well, not only the coaches in the area, but coaches everywhere, you know, every day. It's, hey, thank you to Coach So-and-so from this school coming by and this coach. So I looked at it one day, and, and Coach Johnson, you know, kind of said, he's like, why aren't you tweeting out about who's coming through, who's not? So I'm like, all right. So I had a list of all the schools that came through, and I made just one PowerPoint and said, thank you to all the coaches that came through from these schools. And I had every logo of, you know, of the college coaches. When you did that, I got about six phone calls from parents who are like, uh, is this real? I said, yeah, that's real. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – you know, we've had some good good programs come through so far this year, and you know, a lot of it will continue to continue to grow down the road. But what's what's been great to see is is these coaches making their rounds too, and, and getting to some of the other schools in the area and, and that sort of thing too. Um, you know, talking to a coach the other day that came by, he had never really recruited Western North Carolina. Their school had never really recruited Western North Carolina. It's a place now that they want to kind of start to target a little bit more because they've seen some of the players that have come out of this area. That, that leads me into one of our viewer questions. We had a we had somebody email in. Uh, his question was, football talent is not looked the same in North Carolina as it is in Florida where you've coached before. How does North Carolina talent compare? 
I think it's closer than further. Um, you know, I, I will say this, the speed is a lot different, you know, um, you know, but we're, we're in a tough situation as a private school, right. And, and the teams that we, you know, that we've faced because, you know, Providence day will go win a state championship in Florida, right. And they'll be one yeah. of the best teams down, you know, down that area. Raven gap will be successful in, in those programs. Heck we had one of the top teams from Florida here this year that we hosted in, in Carol Wood day school. Who's got 14 power five prospects on their roster. And that was an overtime game. Um, How did so you the convince them to closer. come back to LA one year later? Yeah, so funny story. We were going to go down there, and uh, right around Christmas time, Jim Shea, who's their director of operations, called and said, "Hey, you know, you know, Coach uh, Coach Duff, and you know, everybody, everybody loved that that trip. Can we, uh, you know, Marshall McDuffie, who's the head guy, who's, you know, can we come back up?" I was like, "You're going to save us like fifteen grand. Absolutely, you can come back up. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a that's an easy an easy sell there, and." Uh, you know, but we're, we're excited about our schedule this year. But, yeah, to answer that question, I mean, you know, Florida, there is a lot of talent in Florida. I, I would argue to say, you know, there's there's some really good coaching in North Carolina. And I, and I think from what I've seen, just in, again, the comparisons of the leagues, the coaching has been better around North Carolina than it is, you know, has been in Florida. So, so talking about your schedule this year, I mean, how do you what, – what's your outlook for this season? Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at our schedule. I mean, we've got – so with spring finishing up, you know, we look way better than we did a year ago, right? But you look at our schedule, and especially the first seven weeks, I mean, it is – it's a big boy schedule. You know, we open up at Lowndes down in South Georgia. Um, Lowndes was a 7A state champion in 20 – what was that, 2021. Uh, they had a poor year last year. New coach, um, you know, Adam came over from Grayson High, won a state championship there. But, you know, big-time program. We're part of the uh, Carolina-Georgia kickoff classic that will be nationally televised. And, um, you know, we play at 4 o'clock on a Saturday against them, and then Dutch Fork plays Colquitt, you know, in the in the late game. And, uh, you know, so that's the first game of the season. But at the end of the day, somebody asked me the other day, they're like, well, they have 120 on their roster. You're going to have, like, 45, 50 kids. I said, uh-huh. <laughs> Can only play eleven at a time. <laughs> Our eleven are pretty good, you know. And then, uh, and then week two, we actually host St. Joe's uh, Regional out of New Jersey, another top, you know, two hundred high school football team. And week three, Carol Wood Day from from the Tampa area is coming back up here, and we're at Raven Gap week four in, in Georgia. Uh, and we're taking the week off, you know. <laughs> then we're going to host Providence Day, and then uh, we're away at Asheville School, you know, which is going to be the middle of the season this year. Um, rather than the end of the season. So having a rivalry kind of in the middle, you know, it's the first half of that game is always a, a great game. And, you know, this year it was a great game all around. You know, we had some injuries and stuff when we, when we faced them. And, you know, Sean's done a good job over there. They're getting better and better. Uh, and then we host Charlotte Christian. Uh, then we have, you know, we're off. And then uh, Concord, Cannon, and, and Metrolina to end our seasons. Um, you know, so uh, all in all, I mean, I'm – very positive on our, our outlook. I mean, I think we have some really talented, you know, young men. Uh, we've had guys just develop in the off season. It's been awesome to watch guys develop. I mean, Dawson Thompson's put on 35 pounds of muscle and has grown and has gotten bigger. And, you know, Luke, you know, has changed his body, you know, the way he's been working out has put on really good weight. He's probably 30 pounds heavier than what he was, but looks, you know, looks like a man now he's running well. And, you know, we got some other guys that have just really developed, uh, which is part of it, is developing the guys that you have and, and trying to be as, as homegrown as possible and build that culture in our program. And obviously, 
you know, everybody knows about some of the additions of guys coming in and, um, you know, the competition there. And, and we're excited about that. And, you know, we're just focused right now on getting through the summer healthy and, and coming back, you know, August 12th in the Jamboree against Greenville. And that's where our focus is right now. And, and we plan on being 1-0 each week and, you know, being in, in the battle for a state championship this year. You already kind of led into the question I was going to ask you, which is, you know, players on your squad to watch that, you know, who are, who, are, who who's going to light up, you know, the, the field a little bit that we can watch. You already alluded to a couple of them. Is there anybody else? Yeah, I mean, we have, you know, again, we've got some great, great talent on the field. I mean, we obviously everybody knows about our big three and, and Kane Jones, who's committed to Alabama. Josh Harrison's committed to Wake Forest and uh, Khalil Connolly committed to UNC. Obviously, they'll have big impacts, but. Uh, Caden Brown, our running back from Tampa, Florida, you know, Caden tore his PCL week three, came back and played in the playoffs against Charlotte Latin and and Providence Day and played lights out, you know, in those games for somebody coming back. I mean, he's a five, nine and a half, 210 pound tailback that his quads are, are thicker than a football helmet. I mean, he's a, he's a big dude. He's got a big lower half and he runs like he's 250 pounds and he's got speed too. He's good out of the backfield. He's great in pass pro. I'm excited to, you know, have him healthy. We have a freshman running back in Jackson, Cancel. Uh, his older brother, Quentin, just graduated and is going to, to Davidson Jackson. as uh, a great, great football player. I mean, he's got power five potential down the road. I mean, just the way, you know, he's developed this year and has gotten bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, but he's transformed his body, you know, in the offseason and has worked really hard. So excited about those running backs. You know, Calvin Williams from New York, he's, he's in that mix too. Great, you know, great looking kid and, and can do some things and is still learning the game. Um, our athletes, our wide receiver DBs, you know, you have Ashton Parker who, you know, he's a six, one corner out of, you know, high point. And, uh, you know, Ashton's got a UNC Charlotte offer. He's got some group of five stuff going on. has some Ivy league stuff going on Patriot league. Um, you know, Western Carolina was here the other day. They really like him. Vincent Lytle. So Vincent, his dad, Dean Lytle, who, who, uh, is Western Carolina here. Um, you know, Dean, uh, or excuse me, Vince, uh, came in as a quarterback from Canada, you know, and he's now uh, a wide receiver and DB for us. He's being recruited by the Ivy Leagues and, and different things there. So, you know, Vince will definitely make an impact on, on both sides of the ball for us. Um, you know, and, and those, again, those are our seniors. And we have just such a great mix of other seniors, you know, that are developing as second-year football players, David Buckingham, Water Quinn, um, you know, Noah Henthorne. I mean, they, these guys are just, they're hard-nosed tough kids that just love the game and come out here. Will they be college football players? Yeah. You know, they, if they want to play division three football or division two football, there's an opportunity potentially for them. Uh, you look at Will Newman, Will Newman out here today looked awesome. Yeah, he did. You know, Will's from Augusta, Georgia. He's been with us now for four years and or this will be his fourth year and um, just a tough, tough kid. I mean, you know, he's all of five ten, hundred and maybe 75 pounds soaking <laughs> wet and, uh, but he is a tough, you know, he's a tough receiver and a, and a good player and had a great day today. Um, and then you look at our underclassmen, our 2025 class. I mean, you know, uh, we've, we've talked about Luke a little bit at center. I mean, having a center that is a, a football junkie, you know, is a great thing. And then you have Dawson Thompson, who I said before is, you know, he's 6'6", 240 pounds right now with an 82-inch wingspan. He'll probably come back in season at 255, 260. And, you know, so we're excited about him. Um Cooper Perrone reclassed to 2025 after tearing his ACL. Cooper 
was being recruited by Wake Forest, North Carolina, all these places, ACC programs. I've had Ivy Leagues tell me if he comes out now, we're taking him, you know, but he wants to reclass and, and try to come back from that ACL injury and, and that sort of thing as a linebacker and H-back, and he's a heck of a player. Jordan Edgecombe is a linebacker for us. He's visiting Charlotte tomorrow. Uh, he's visited Duke already. Um, he's got a lot of, you know, a lot of interest, and he's, you know, a young man from Atlanta, Georgia, who, you know, he came in as a as a freshman and was a JV football player for us, right? And I remember him uh, uh, texting me one day uh, right before a JV game, saying, Coach, can you print what I emailed you? So I called him. I said, what you email me? I wasn't in my office yet. He goes, oh, he's like, well, I called the the, the coach of, you know, the opponent we have today. It was Christchurch, South Carolina who they played last week i called that coach and asked for some film send me some jv film so i did a scouting report on this on this jv team we're going to play i'd like you to put them all off for the, the players so i got back to my office i opened it up and i looked at him like man this is better than some of our coaches could put together <laughs> so you know you got guys like that that are younger and then you throw in you know some of the uh you know some of the guys that we know that are coming in that are deposited here coming in i mean so we have a shot, you know, we have a shot and we're starting to build depth, even with those younger guys now developing and, and teaching those techniques and the fundamentals. And that's what spring was for us. It was, it was fundamental work, right? Can we block? Can we tackle? Can we, you know, get off blocks, right? Can we run the right routes? Can we throw the ball? Can we catch? Can we ball security, pursuit, all those things? I mean, you guys were out there, you know, today a little bit, got to see some of it. I mean, we teach the fundamentals and the special teams, everything that we do. We want to focus on fundamentals and techniques and try to develop everybody we have because, as I tell our coaches, we always go back to one guy right now. It's Dawson Thompson. You know, the young man came in at 5'7", 148 pounds, right? If you're not trying to develop everybody in your program, you're not doing you're not doing your team justice. You, you mentioned Noah. I just want to say I've never seen a kid with more heart. Not right. the biggest kid out there. But last year I saw him play, I want to say, six, six positions yeah. and sing the national anthem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and for you guys that, you know, haven't heard that, I mean, you familiar with the movie Step Brothers? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. Catalina wine mixer, that is Noah Henthorne's voice. I mean, it is, you know, what does, what do they say in that movie? It's a, you sound like Beyonce and it was a little bit of Beyonce and, and Jesus mixed together. I mean, it was, uh, you know, he's, he's got an incredible voice and, um, you know, he's just, but he's what the, what the school's about, right? You know, guys like that, that they're not just football players, right? You know. Josh Harrison, who's going to Wake Forest, he's probably going to be president of the United States one day if he wants to be. I mean, one of the nicest kids you'll ever meet, down to earth, just a great teammate, great kid. Um, you know, and that's what a lot of our guys are. And, and that's the culture that we're trying to build here is, is we want those guys that are not only good football players, but we want them to be good people, right? And, and especially in, in today's society, that's the biggest thing is we want to develop good men of character. So, so a viewpoint from many of the coaches and, and, and maybe a quote from a direct listener is, you know, this is the private school. It's the pretty boy of football. It's the uh, we play patty cake football out here. What what would you respond to that with? We play patty cake football? That, that, that is a direct quote from someone that's been to a few of your games. That's fine. Play us. Please. Yes. Play us. That's. I, I really like yeah. that response. Yep. So that's all I would say. Yeah. I, I mentioned on the show earlier that uh, I'm not sure Asheville High knew what they were biting off when they decided to pray promise day. In in conference, there's no 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 offense to other schools. There's no Incas or North Buncombs on your schedule. You're playing some quality football every week. Tough schedule, brutal. So uh, 
Talk about um, safety of football. I noticed not a lot of high schools. I did uh, find out today Owen has them. Mm-hmm. The, 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 I'm not sure we call them, the helmet caps. The guardian caps, yeah. You know, so uh, we've, we've used the guardian caps the last couple of years now. Um, and the NFL actually just implemented them this year and did a study on it and stuff and the reduction of concussions um, by 10%. Um, obviously, if there's any way we can reduce concussions and keep our young men safe, we're going to look into it and try to figure out how we, you know, how we can do it. Uh, we've looked into, you know, some of the GPS tracking stuff too and, and seeing how, you know, if somewhere down the road we can invest in that too and, and those types of things but i think there's a big push for safety in in football i mean you look at it this year um i believe the ncaa is implementing a cut you know the cut block rule and different things there too where you know it ends up being <clears throat> protecting you know protecting players you know you're going to see option football change a little bit because you can't cut you know as much anymore inside the box and different things there and um, you, you know, so I, I do think we're making some good changes. USA Football, the National High School Football Association, they're, they're making good changes in the safety of the game. And, and I understand, you know, we talk about, you know, being old school and, and different things like that. But uh, there, there's some truth behind, you know, some of the stuff. And obviously, um, you know, the new ways of tackling and teaching, teaching how to tackle. We make sure, again, we go through different circuits to teach it, you know, step by step, you know trying to keep the head out of it, you know, as much as possible. But that doesn't mean you still can't be physical. So do you promote, like, the Seattle Seahawks tackle to the yeah, side the rugby? Roll, yeah, the roll tackle and right. the rugby, rugby tackle, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, again, it, it doesn't mean you can't be physical, absolutely. right? It's absolutely. Just, it's taking your head out of the game, and it's, uh, you know, it's being smart with how you how you approach it. And just to, just to throw this out here, football is not the number one concussion cause in sport. No, soccer. Soccer, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They use your head. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, I have another question from a listener since uh, we kind of touched on it a little bit. You were talking about kids coming in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of the public schools have their feeder system. You have the youth league that feeds yeah. into the middle school, that feeds into the high school. You don't have that. No, we don't. How much harder is it to bring kids in, you know, even if they're not even necessarily as freshmen, but juniors, seniors, and and get them into your system and make all that happen. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're fortunate with what we have, you know, provided to us here. So if, if a new player does come in, before we ever step on the field to play an opponent, we have, again, our preseason is different than anybody's, right? We have dorms. Our guys come <laughs> and stay in the dorms. We're football from 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. for the first nine days. Right. And that's all we do. We eat, drink, we sleep, you know, it's football, it's team development, it's cultural development. It's all these different things. It's, you know, it's going over our standards, going over our philosophy. You know, we talk to our team about everything. Right. And, you know, here we've got to teach everything from sexual assault, consent, you know, with our team to, you know, drugs and alcohol and we don't have health and phys ed right so we work all these things into our team meetings we work these things into you know the culture of our program to you know teach young men how to be like we talked about good men of character um so we have that ability you know in our preseason camp um you know for us we try to do we have a youth camp this year we're doing a week-long youth camp you know we've got some decent numbers coming in you know coming in for that um you know, but at the end of the day, I, I think for us, it's, uh, you know, 
it's word of mouth, you know, when, when kids want to come in and, and that piece becomes, we'd love to get the kids when they're younger. You know, we have eighth grade here. I'd love if our team was, you know, we had a bunch of eighth graders and we had those kids for four or five years in our culture and in our system and in our, you know, and what we're doing here. I mean, we'd be a lot better for, you know, for those things. So obviously this is called Christ school. And this is my personal question. Uh, what degree of biblical education is at the school? Yep. So we're an Episcopal school. Okay. So we're open, you know, and our school is open to all faiths. Um, you know, we've had players on our team that are Muslim. You know, we've had, you know, uh, students and players of, of uh, the Jewish faith and, and all kinds of different faiths. Now we do have chapel. You know, we have chapel on, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's a shorter chapel. And then Wednesday is a, is a longer one. It's the Eucharist. There's typically a sermon, that sort of thing. Um, so, I mean, there's obviously, you know, that being, being taught and, and, you know, through the Episcopal faith and, and the services. Um, but again, it's not like a, uh, kingdom education Christian school where, you know, everything is being tied into, to Christianity, right? You know, history, history here is history, you know, and science is science. And, you know, it's, it's based off certain curriculums that our Dean of Students puts in, but it's, we, we're not kingdom education, like, uh, like a Christian school. Well, that's, I mean, this has been really fascinating. I, I guess one other question I've got for you on, um, you know, this recruiting process that I've noticed, um, the coaches, when they come around to talk to you, a lot of times they'll stay and they'll ask the students to the office to meet them or talk to them or something like that. That's happened a few times so far in our journey. What, what exactly what is, is it just them sizing up the kids when they see them on film or is there, is there some way the, the parents can help, help the, the student athletes know what to do if that happens to them and how to show up. I mean, what, what's your thought there? I mean, I mean, I would say this, if you're a young man that's being recruited or wants to be recruited, you know, to a college, um, you know, we, we, we talk about ability in our program, right. And, uh, you know, the best, the best ability, right. Is availability. So if you're not in the school, right, that's, that's <laughs> number one issue. So, you know, if you're trying to be recruited, you better be at school, uh, especially during the live periods and eval periods and things like that on the recruiting calendars. Um, but, you know, what you're talking to is, is coaches kind of bumping into a kid, the eyeball, you know, height, weight, that sort of thing. You know, it's to confirm kind of what maybe they've seen on film. Is the kid actually 6'4", right? Or am I going to see a kid that's listed at 6'4", and I get in there and he's 5'11", or six foot? <laughs> that's happened, you know. I remember as a college coach being excited about a kid, and you get in the school and you're like, oh, I just drove 40 minutes from another school to come see this kid. And it's just kind of one of those things that it's – you know, it's, it's heartbreaking and, um, you know, in that recruitment process, but as a parent, what I would say is if you have the opportunity to meet a coach and the coach bumps into you, make sure you look them in the eye, you shake their hand, right? You, I always tell our guys, speak loudly, right? Introduce yourself, look them in the eye, tell them your name, right? You know, say, hi, you know, nice to meet you. I'm Chad Walker. You know, thank you for coming by, you know, but be, uh, you know, be available, right, and and, and just uh, yeah. I mean, have that confidence in about you. So, looking at this from a county perspective, what do you think most county high school coaches are pursuing? What do you mean? What are they pursuing? Yeah. So, what is the goal of every season to to you or or to like 
so so say the coach oh and coach Gibson, yeah. what's he looking at right now? What what is he what what is his ultimate goal? Yeah, I mean, I, for us, I can tell you what I'm looking at right now. Yep. So what I'm looking at right now in the, in the year that we're in, right, in the, in the time we are in our year with wrapping up spring ball, I'm evaluating our program, right? I'm evaluating our program and what we can do better, right? How can we practice better? How can, you know, I was talking to Mike earlier, how can we recover better in, in going into the season? Because we dealt with some injuries last year. Um, what can we do better from an academic standpoint, making sure that, you know, our guys are accountable in, in those in those places, um, and then, you know, my focus goes on to our kids, you know, how can I help these guys, young men reach their, reach their goal? What is their goal? Cause not everybody's goal is the same, right? We've got young men that want to play in college. We have some guys that don't want to play in college. They want to go be a normal student. That's fine. That's okay. Right. We want them to be the best versions of themselves. And, and for us, it's our goal to not only get them to be the best versions of themselves, everybody on our roster and, and try to figure out how we can do that, but also now how we can take everybody's different journey and bring that together right with the with the team that we have and, and the culture that we have and what we're trying to develop and hopefully that will lead to the wins right in in the season if we go into the season yeah we want to want to win a state championship we want that's what coach you know you, you coach because you love to compete right but you also coach because you love the camaraderie of of the players you love the camaraderie of of the team and you know for me how successful we are will be based off of what our team does 40 years from now, right? Are they good dads? Are they good husbands? Are they good outstanding members of their community? Do they have a su- successful college experience? What type of people are they, right? And that's that's a real journey in this in this game. So I'm glad to hear you say that, I mean, ultimately you want to win a state championship this year, right? Absolutely. But you also speak of the importance of what these men are going to be 40 years from now. Mm-hmm. What's more important to you? Someone getting a college scholarship or winning a state championship this year? College scholarship. 100%. And that's my my viewpoint the whole time. We had this discussion on the last episode. Absolutely. And my viewpoint is, hey, if I have 45 kids in my in, in this class and 40 of them get to the table and we only make it to the second round of the playoffs, I've had a great year. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I feel like a lot of, of the Buncombe County College – or a lot of the Buncombe County schools, their goal is, hey, I want to win a state championship. Mm-hmm. I want to put a ring on my finger. I get this accolade next to my name. Coming from a parent viewpoint, I want my kid to go to college. Right. Right? And that's what builds. So so if you send someone to college, that person is going to graduate, start a career. They're probably going to come back to this community because, like, 90% of people, they live within 20 miles of where they graduated. Is that an actual stat? That's an actual stat. I read it this year d- doing some NBA research for a paper I had to do. You play in the NBA? NBA. Oh, okay. Go ahead. M. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> when those kids are successful in life, they bring more to your program down the line. Mm-hmm. So you value that more than a state championship. Absolutely. Well, and at the end of the day, the victories will come. Absolutely. Right? The victories will come. If you're, if you're – teaching young men how to be good people, how to work hard. I mean, you come to our practice, like, did our kids work hard? Absolutely. Right? I, I didn't see – so yeah. I've been to a few different schools. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've been up here to watch one of your practice. There was no one standing around more than two minutes at a time. No. And if they were standing around, it's because we were on a water break. It's very uncommon to see that at another school, trust me. Yeah, I mean – and, and but that's the culture that we've built, and that's our, our young men, right? 
end up being those those kids of character that want more right and they they understand that it's a process right and the kids hate the word process but it's a process to get to where you want to go and is if you develop you know for us as coaches we develop those young men and we get them to where they want to be right and there's a trust level of trust there those wins are going to come mm-hmm. right and i and i think we're right around the corner from being very good here for a very long time because of what we're developing and, and, you know, the culture and stuff that we've established. Well, coach, I believe that's all we have. We really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Absolutely. appreciate you guys for having me. And, uh, Pat, are you done smoking over there? Yeah, coughing? Well, are you ready you know, to continue I'm, the podcast? I'm, I'm apparently losing my lungs over here. So my apologies for the coughing, <laughs> but, um, nothing I could do there. Yeah, that, that was really, I mean, that was a great conversation. I, I appreciate your time and, and willingness to do this coach. That was really awesome. Um, we do like to do a little bit of fun stuff too at the end of these podcasts. Like our first one, I think we talked about grilling. Um, Second was vacation. Vacations, that's yep. right. Yep. And I, so, what is it today? Well, I thought um, we talk about maybe our favorite video game, present or past. Oh, this is a Lewis <laughs> question, definitely. Lewis, what is your favorite video game? So, my past favorite video game. Well, I mean. I love any like civilization game. Yeah, Forex strategy, Europa University, all of that's great. My current video game, playing with the boys, probably Call of Duty. Oh wow, a little first-person shooter. That they really enjoy that. But I'm more like a Forex strategy game guy. I hear you. What about you, Mike? So back in the day, it had to be Tecmo Bowl, right? Oh, the football oh, game yes. where LT dominated the whole game. Yeah. I don't know that I have a current one. I, don't, I, was, I would say Tecmo Bowl, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana hookup, throw the Hail Mary every time I'm going to score. Or Bo Jackson, you couldn't tackle him. That's true. Uh, currently, I don't really, you know, I can't think of anything. Well, you did some I-route racing, right? So I do. I, I enjoy racing games because I'm a racing guy. Right. So that's where I'm at. But Tecmo Bowl was the game. Uh, and NBA Jam. He's on fire. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the Sega. Sorry. Coach Walker. Do you guys remember the game Altered Beast for Sega Genesis? I've never heard of it. I think actually I have heard of that. I do remember it. Uh, It was a great, great game back then. It was like the game that came with Sega Genesis when it first when it first came out. Um, New game. I gotta be honest. I don't play video games much. Um, So, so do you have have any kids or anything? I have a ten year old. Well, my daughter's gonna be ten in in June. Um, So she's playing. So we have an Xbox. One, one, yep. <laughs> um, and she's playing the Disney game on on that Disney and uh, some of the Lego games like Harry Potter and right. Um, you know, uh, I would say I'm trying to think. So during actually during the pandemic during COVID, um, I guess it was Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Yeah, yeah. But I never played the online. Like I don't play online. Like I don't. I don't. It changes the experience when you play online. Does it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I like playing video games with other people. I guess unless it would be <laughs> yeah. like you know a sports game back in the back in the day. But uh, I'd say that's probably probably the best I, one. I'm so surprised you didn't say Madden. Yeah. I mean, you, your yeah, understanding of the football game, like yeah. you could dump, like there's Madden tournaments, you could get paid a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> You, you know yeah. what though? Some of those people were so good with the controllers and everything yeah. else. Like you know, I mean, I've I've played the computer and it gets boring pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, um, you know, but yeah, not. You, you need to step it up, go online. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, Pat. I have I have two video. Well, one video game that I'm playing, but then I have a video game story I got to share. 
But first, I'm not a I'm an asteroid space invaders kid, so I'm, I'm not a big gamer to begin with. At this, you had point. to pay that with a quarter at the at the local mart, right? M- many many quarters back in the day, right. and pinball and everything else, because I'm you know ancient. But um, in the COVID, and Lewis knows this story. But in COVID, you know, we were all locked away. And, you talking and, about Back for Blood? Yeah. Well, Brendan got this game on his um, Xbox called The Red Dead Redemption oh, Two. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh, he got me playing that. And that is a phenomenal game. I mean, just amazing game. <laughs> it's it's like. a Wild West story. You're riding around on horses using revolver. It's really good game. Oh, my gosh, it's awesome. The storyline is fantastic. It's a really cool, cool game for old fogies like me. But then I have this other story. So my daughter, Charlie, when she was in high school uh, several years ago, she did a, um, a science fair project, right? And we had Mario Kart, you know, for the Wii. I'm sure you all played that before. My wife became a freak show with that game. Some uh, of us call it Mario. Mario? Is it Mario Kart? It's Mario. 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 It's also Appalachian, if you yeah. ask Pat. But go ahead. Here we go, yeah. So she took the Mar- 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 Mario. Mario. Mario, Mario Kart. Oh, my gosh. Was this on the game. private plane? That was agony. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. She took the uh, Mario Kart game. And did an experiment with texting and driving with that game. So she would do, you know, a lap in the game. Not race. I mean, obviously it's a race, but she's not trying to race. She's just trying not to hit anything without doing the the phone or the distractions of the phone. And then she did a lap, you know, texting or calling or the music playing. And it was staggering to her the difference of her ability to be able to operate just the video game portion of that, let alone a real car. And I thought that was a fascinating uh, science fair project. So if you have a Mario Kart and teenagers getting ready to drive, I'd highly encourage that experiment. It really drives the point home. Mine just totaled one car, so yeah. hopefully he wasn't texting. Lewis, did you notice Pat's uh, high school helmets out outside Coach Walker's office? Yeah, it was a leather helmet out there. It's weird. Did, yeah. Did you donate that or something? Well, yes, after my you know, multiple concussions, I no longer <laughs> had any use for it. I'm old and fat now. Fantastic. I did have one more question for Coach Walker I forgot to ask. So, Coach, how do you get 16, 17, 18-year-old kids up at 6 o'clock to work out and practice football? Ask them. Are they they literally walking zombies in there? They can't be. You know what? It's so funny. For the first maybe two exercises and stretch, and then the excitement kind of, they wake up and... Our practices have been absolutely awesome. You know, our workouts have been great. The effort's been great. And the kids have been great. And, and a lot of them actually have started to say, Coach, we actually like getting up in the morning. We feel better all day long. You know, we have more energy and everything else. I know uh, Lou goes to bed now at 830. So. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, but that kind of summarizes everything you're talking about. This is a college program. And Stephen recently got the opportunity to go work out at, at – uh, Montreat College for wrestling, they have a six o'clock practice where they lift, they do all this stuff, and then they come back in there at three o'clock and they have a wrestling practice. So, I mean, this is a college preparatory program. Academically and athletically, I would say. Yeah. And socially, and I mean, you're learning to live on your own. You know, for the, for the kids right. that are boarders, they're learning to live on their own. And, and so when they go to college, it's not the first time, right? They already know how to do their laundry. They, you know know how to motivate themselves and, and do different things. Does that help when colleges are look at them? They've already done all that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sorry, we could talk for another two hours, right. but uh, Pat's, Pat's pointing at his watch, so we probably need to cut it off. 
well, I'm wanting to be respectful of the coach's time. I'm sure talking to a bunch of bloviating bagwings like us is not high on his priority list. You don't think so? <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Well, wrap it up, Pat. All right. Well, you know, hey, Coach, thank you very much again for your time. We're very, very grateful, and that was really, like I said earlier, fantastic. I know that Lewis and Mike and I will be back with another iteration, another episode down the road. In the meantime, Mike, we've got social media. Is that right? Absolutely. So Facebook, BehindTheBeardWNC.com, uh, Instagram. Send us an email, uh, BehindTheBeardWNC at gmail.com. We'd love to have your questions, your comments, whatever you got. Um Again, next time, uh, we got to talk about NIL. Probably should have brought that up today. Um, we got we have uh, – Lewis has an announcement about our next high school football coach we're going to talk to. Yeah, Coach Gibson up at Owen. we got a couple more on our list we'd like to talk to, so we'll be reaching out. Um, again, Coach Walker, thanks for being the guinea pig. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you guys having me on. Awesome. Well, thanks again for listening to Behind the Beard WNC. Until next time, for Lewis Anderson, Mike Anderson, and Coach Walker, my name's Pat Pohl. And we'll see you next time. Good night. Thanks.